we decided let's create an online, a site online, a blog talking about consulting. There was no monetization plan behind it, Robert. We didn't go into it saying, hey, let's go make a million dollars and charge people right away. In fact, like we didn't even know what to charge. We just, we thought, you know, let's see what kind of uh, traction or interest we can, there might be here. And the community developed. And so it went from nothing to, you know, first a thousand visitors a month and then 10,000 then you know 20,000 30,000 40,000 visitors per month and like it just grew as a community the, the biggest you know, recommendation just um, offering that I can have for people is to find ways to have more conversations it can be as simple as looking at your your pipeline or people that you spoke to or past clients or people who said no to your initial proposal like whatever it is and just pick up the phone Hi everybody, welcome to Coffee with Robert. I've got a special guest with me today, Michael Zapersky. He's gonna to talk to you all about his backstory which led him into working with consultants, helping them grow really, really successful businesses. Very interesting guy, I've been watching him for a while now. I know he's got a great story to share with you. So Michael, welcome, it's great to have you here. Hey Robert, great to be with you as well. Great, well listen, Michael, let's get to it. Tell, tell me a little bit about your backstory. What sure. So, right now? yeah, my pleasure. And, um, you know, we can go back to my, I guess my entrepreneurial start really came, um, when I transitioned from high school into university, but even before then, uh, I've always, I've always, you know, put myself to, to work. I've always found that when I had a goal and I wanted to achieve something, uh, that I would find a way to do it. And, uh, even when I was in elementary school and then in high school, um, I, I wanted to, you know, not in elementary school, but in high school, I wanted to travel. But in elementary school, I was working for my stepfather's uh, electrical company. Um, but in high school, I, I wanted to travel. As I mentioned to you before, uh, I spent time growing up in the Middle East. When I came back to North America, I just really had this passion for the world and just realizing that I'm very fond of different cultures and languages and people. And, uh, and so I want to see more of it. So from a young age, I wanted to travel more. And, um, even though, you know, we, we weren't, I wouldn't say well off to do, but we certainly weren't, um, you know, a poor family. Like we just, my, my parents had good jobs. Um, but I, they never gave me money, right? I, I always had to, uh, it was very clear from the start that if I wanted to do something that I needed to make it happen. And I always, respected and appreciated that, um, that mindset and just that gift that they gave me of, mm -hmm. of if I want to make something happen that I would need to figure out how to, how to do it myself. And of course they would provide, you know, counsel and advice and ideas, but ultimately if I wanted to go and travel, it wasn't, Hey, here's money to go travel. It's Hey, Michael, like okay, figure out how to make it happen. So in the early days, um, I just literally picked up the phone. There used to be this thing called the, the yellow pages, Robert with some, some people may be familiar with, but it was a big, big, you know, yeah, <laughs> thick book. And so my approach to job hunting or to finding quote unquote, you know, ways to make money was to pick up this yellow pages to open it and to start dialing. And so I would just call different organizations and say, Hey, do you have any opportunities? Do you have any jobs? Can I help you? Can I help you? Can I help you? And it's, of course, there's like, in my mind, it wasn't rejection. I was just looking for opportunities. So um, I would find things. And so I would find an opportunity, for example, to, to lay sod, like big bales of grass on, on property. Um, and when you're in Vancouver and there's lots of rain that turns into lots of mud. And so it's a dirty job. Um, mm -hmm. I spent time working in a lighting warehouse, moving boxes, even though I had an allergy to, to, to dust mite. It just, you know, I, I did things because it was a way to make money. And, um, that's kind of the, the hustle or the entrepreneurial mindset, I guess, that I've always had. 
Um, when I set a goal, I do whatever's necessary to achieve it. So back to your question though, which is kind of how do I get into consulting? So uh, going from high school to university, my cousin Sam and I, um, who's still my business partner to this day, mm-hmm. we started a web design and development company. This was in the early days or fairly early days of, of that industry. Uh, Sam was the, the creative guy. I was more kind of the business uh, client communications person. And so we did that for a couple of years. We had great experiences working with a lot of different companies. And that was really like the start of, of consulting, the start of uh, people valuing our, our expertise. And that wasn't something that we formally went to school for. It was more something that we developed on the job if, or, or in the business, if you will. Um, we then created uh, our second consulting company, which was called Kanke Culture. Kanke uh, in Japanese means relationship. And so Essentially, our company was Relationship Culture. Uh, we started that uh, in Vancouver. I ended up going over to Japan, opening up a branch office for us there. Things were going very well. We worked uh, and consulted and advised for companies like Panasonic and Dow Jones and Financial Times Japan and Sumitomo and Omron and a whole bunch of other uh, billion-dollar uh, organizations, helping them to get their message and their products more effectively into English-speaking markets. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a wonderful experience. I spent several years... Uh, in Japan, I had plenty of ups, many downs as well, uh, you know, dealing with the challenges of running a small consulting business in a country where um, you certainly stand out and uh, it's not my first language and you know, certainly not my first culture um, either, but I had a real appreciation and love for it and still do to this day. Mm-hmm. Upon um, leaving Japan, so I was, did that for about five, six years, I returned to North America. Sam and I kind of went our own ways, we did our own things. I then created um, a lead generation consultancy working with professional services firms. So I was helping uh, different financial advisors, investment uh, firms, law firms, even other consulting businesses to improve their marketing and to generate more more leads. And so as that business was growing and it was doing very well, I was making more money than I've ever made before. Uh, Sam and I, you know, being cousins and on almost like brothers, we were always in constant communication. And we actually at one family barbecue got together uh, and just talked about, hey, like it'd be great to do something together again. Uh, but this time, rather than it being kind of a brick and mortar business, um, b- we, we both love to travel. Like, why don't we set up our business online so that we can essentially work, live from anywhere? That was the idea. That was the mindset. Um, the other factor in this is that my wife, Rika, at that time, we weren't married, but um, we were heading in that direction. And she's from Japan. And I, uh, I, recognize just like the importance of being able to spend time with family. For me, family is very, very important. And I wanted uh, to, for her to be able to spend more time with her family, even though we are now living back in Canada. And so that was kind of the, uh, where consulting success got born because we decided let's create an online, like a site online, a blog talking about consulting. Uh, It was a place where really I was just writing articles and sharing stories from the trenches of what was working and also what wasn't working. There was no monetization plan behind it, Robert. We didn't go into it saying, hey, let's go make a million dollars and charge people right away. In fact, like we didn't even know what to charge. All we knew is we didn't want to have a whole bunch of ugly advertisements on the website. We didn't want to just do what other people were doing. We just, we thought, you know, let's see what kind of uh, traction or interest we can, there might be here. And the community developed. And so it went from nothing to, you know, first a thousand visitors a month and then 10,000 then you know 20,000 30,000 40,000 visitors per month and like it just grew as a community and what we kept hearing from people is hey this is really great like the articles and what you're sharing is these resources are very helpful but can you help us to go deeper and so that was where we started to develop our first course 
uh, and training program around how to become a successful consultant. Um, later, you know, people said, okay, this is really great, but we'd like to work with you even closer um, and really be able to have your, you know, specific recommendations for my specific situation. And that's what then bred the coaching program that we have called Clarity Coaching. Um, and so, yeah, you know, this has now been 19 years for me building consulting businesses. We've built multiple businesses. We've sold a couple of businesses. Um, consulting success is our full, you know, our full focus um, today. And, and it's really what we've been focused on for the last 10 years. Wow. So it sounds really cool. There's a, there's a couple of areas when you were talking where I really kind of can draw parallels. Um, I used to be in the, the music business years and years ago when I was, I was relatively successful. You used to tour all around the world. And we've had a, a chat prior to this call, actually, where I explained that to you. And um, I got to a stage where it was all about family. And I just, I, I, I kind of grown up always wanting to be in the music business, always having these goals. And then when I got there, I realized it wasn't the most important thing in my life. Mm. And that's when really my entrepreneurial spirit um, came to the fore, where I thought, you know what? I've got value I can offer people in other areas, but I want to live my life on my terms. And I'm, I'm passionate about that. And I'm also passionate about showing people how to do the same thing because I think it's very easy these days. And I know we've also spoken about mindset because you get quite heavily into this yourself. Um, how easy it is for people to start a job that ends up actually taking over their entire life. So it, in other words, at the end of the day, they end up working for their business. The business doesn't work for them, which is totally the wrong way around to do it and uh and that that was that was what happened to me um you know with that stuff but the I, i'm going to ask you I, I can sense that you're going to come back on that which is great but i was also going to say i'm going to ask you a question about the hustling and the relationship side of things um come back on that because i've got a question on that that might take a minute to answer for you so what do you want me to come back on <laughs> well no sorry I, th I thought you were going to come back on you know what i was saying about moving away from the music business and, and oh yeah no no I, I was so um what you brought up right now, Robert, is something that I'm, I'm very, you know, call it passionate, call it interested. I'm, I'm very, um, I guess, focused on, on this topic. I wrote a, an article many years ago called, um, you know, love over money. Mm -hmm. And it came from a place where I, I myself in the you know, early years of, of the business was always focused on money. It was always focused on like that was, and it's still a way to measure success, but um, it was really about, you know, creating money, creating wealth. Mm -hmm. um, but what I started to see more and more is people that I knew, people that I, that I um, saw as being very successful who were neglecting their families. They were neglecting their loved ones. They were neglecting their health. Um, and they were doing it. And when I asked them, like, why are you doing this? Like, you know, why can't you take some more time off? Or, or why can't you spend more time with your daughter? Or whatever it was, the answer was like, no, no, like I have to get this stuff done because when I'm when I get it done, when I get to this next level, then I'm going to be able to to spend more time with them. And so they're creating, and, and what I saw is being real like excuses, you know, reasons for them to do what they were doing um, as a way to maybe help those that they quote unquote really cared about, but they, they weren't um, doing it in the now, you know, they were living in the future rather than living in the present. And I think for me, especially around the time when my stepfather Barry um, was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, it really kind of put things in perspective. And I had seen many other family members or loved ones who, who got ill or whatever, just different things would happen in their lives. And then when my stepfather uh, was diagnosed with Alzheimer's and I saw you know, this very fully functioning like businessman turn into someone who I didn't recognize uh, to a degree and who essentially lost you know, all, all of the memories that he had or, or a lot of just his, his abilities to interact, 
um, that just really put things in context and in perspective of how I want to live in the moment. And now, and for many years, what I've been doing is every choice that I've made has been not based on money, but it's based on memories and on what I believe to be meaningful. And I think that, uh, you know, in the entrepreneur age, like creating a business is, is a wonderful vehicle to achieve freedom. But I also see a lot of people in the marketplace try and bash the idea of having a job. And, and I don't think that's right because I think if people have a job, but it's a meaningful job for them, then fantastic. It doesn't matter whether you're making 50,000 a year or 5 million a year. Like if you're happy, then, then that's great. That's so I know maybe, maybe we're kind of taking, I'm taking us on a bit of a you know, divergent uh, path here, but I, I think it's just, it's important for people to really get focused on what's meaningful for them. And in my mind, and I think in your mind as well, in our experience, you know, a business is probably the best way to achieve that, but it's, it's not the only way. No, it's, it's not. It's like the old acres of diamond story. You know, it's, it's just coming back to what you were saying about, you know, I'm going to build a business and well, why don't you, you know, you want more time with your wife and your children and your family. Yeah, I do. That's why I'm doing it. That's what I hear a lot. That's why I'm doing it. Cause when I make all that money, then I'll be able to kick back and have time with my family. Mm -mm. Do it now. That's the most important thing. Do it now. There to support it, not to take over. But it, it's interesting as well that what you said about when you when you got into all of this, that you didn't actually have a monetization plan in your mind. Bar none, every single really, really success, successful person I've ever met or interviewed so far has been exactly the same. And mm. it's generally the people that go into things thinking about the money that aren't successful. Bar none. So that's not a coincidence. I don't believe in coincidence anyway. Do you know what I mean? That it's, I, think, I think the thing is that one of the formulas for success is to seek to give value first. And then as a natural attraction process, you get what you need in return, which you've very eloquently described actually previously. It's exactly yeah, I, I see this being the difference between you know, the short-term and the long-term um, mindset, right? If you go into business or you go into to anything that you want to accomplish, with, with the mindset and the belief and the commitment that it's going to take time, then not only do you approach it differently, uh, but when you do get knocked down or when something uh, does happen that's challenging, you're going to get back up. But if you're only in it for the short term, then you're going to try and maximize every little thing right now uh, yeah. and potentially neglect the long-term value. And, and I see this in marketing all the time. Like I talk to consultants and to many of our clients about this, that uh, online these days, many people, many quote unquote gurus have you believe that you need to, you know, get a transaction right now. You need to get this person to opt in this exact moment. You need to, you know, sell them this additional thing right now. And people are being treated like transactions, yeah. but in the business that we're in, which is consulting, like you're not selling a $10 item. You know, you're not, we're not selling ties or a piece of cheese. Yeah. We're selling uh, transformational projects. We're selling things that could cost, you know, 10,000 uh, dollars or 50,000 pounds or, or even, you know, a million euros. Great. And so there's a much different decision-making process that goes into that. And that's why the, the focus really should always be on relationships and value and not just on transactions. Definitely. I'm glad you touched on the word relationships because that's, I was going to say exactly the same. Um, it's the case in coaching as well. Everybody's told, go out there, have, have, have a nice little kind of bribe or whatever, get people to opt in, build a list, blah, 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 blah. But everybody seems to be forgetting that behind every computer is a person with wants, needs, desires, passions, feelings. They matter. And I think mm -hmm. that, that if you're not careful, 
And this is going to bring me on to the question that I know you're really excited to hear this question I was going to pitch you earlier. Um, but it's, it, I think we all forget, or a lot of people forget, that there are people out there with real agendas, real feelings, wants and needs that aren't being catered for. Because everybody's getting caught up in the minutiae of the technology and the way things mm -hmm. should be. We're in a people business. And ultimately, people still buy people when it boils down to it. That's the way it'll always be. And that's leading me on to my, um, my question from earlier, because you were talking about hustling and all that sort of stuff and having that kind of entrepreneurial drive and energy and everything else. Now, I'll be really honest with you. When I first started migrating online, I found, because I always like to hustle and talk to people and kind of generate excitement, it was a totally different ballpark. And now all of a sudden it felt to me initially anyway, like my tools had been taken from me. Mm. Because I didn't feel like I could affect people emotionally and infuse them the way I could if I was sat with them. Did you find the same thing when you migrated that it was kind of like you've got to switch your mindset around a little bit and accept that some of the ways that you did things before weren't going to work the same way now you were online? And how did yeah. you Sure. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, and I would say um, definitely, you know, 100% of that. Uh, I think but the belief that many people have is that selling online or doing business online is easier than doing it offline. Um, I've done both. I've built uh, successful businesses in both realms. And um, my observation is that doing business online, you know, if you're getting started, it's actually more difficult to get started successfully online than, than it is offline. Um, now, it depends on what you're selling. But uh, if we're talking about coaching and if we're talking about um, consulting, the, you know, the big advantage that you have when you're offline is that you're, you're able to sit down face to face, right? Or you're, you're having conversations with people. If you're just trying to sell through a web page or a webinar, it's not that you can't do it. I mean, many people do it. They do it very successfully. Yeah. But if we're talking about a higher ticket item, you know, a, a higher value, um, quote unquote, transaction or, or engagement, people will have typically just more hesitation when they can't see you or when they can't feel you or they can't talk to you. Um, and so that's really the, the difference. Uh, and so what I say to people is, listen, if you want to uh, go online, that's, that's great. Like that's a fantastic thing to do, but, but don't go online with the idea that just because you can type 140 or whatever plus now characters it is in Twitter and, you know, instantly push it and it gets published all over the world that instantly makes it easy to do business online. The, the fundamentals, the work that has to go in, like the work ethic and the discipline and the commitment to building a business is the same whether you're offline or online. Just because online in some ways can accelerate um, you know, businesses uh, or automate businesses doesn't mean that it's any easier. And I would actually say that in many ways when you're getting started, it's harder. Um, that being said, you know, there's a lot more scale in the online component. And there's few people who don't have some degree of online, um, you know, aspects to, to their business just because of the leverage that can be created by that. But I think if whether you're going offline or going online, it's going to require hard work. Like some people are, I see Robert, they're looking for shortcuts and I understand, like I, I don't blame them. We're in a society where people are essentially trying to sell these get rich quick ideas or telling you that you can accomplish things overnight. Uh, and the reality of that is that that's just not the truth. Um, and so if you're looking for a shortcut, if you're looking for, you know, essentially being able to do less work and still getting a fantastic result, like in most cases, you're going to be disappointed. But if you go into, you know, a coaching engagement or, or whatever it is that you're doing, 
and you truly are ready to apply yourself, you're willing to be open to not doing things the way that you've always done them. Because listen, if you already know and you already have everything you need to achieve the success that you want, then you'd already have it. So there's something missing, right? So be open to, to doing things a little bit differently. And if you're open to that and you truly apply yourself, um, then you will start to see results. They might not happen overnight, but they will happen as long as you're committed and you're taking action. And I think that's the big thing where a lot of people are let down is they expect they're going to see results instantly and they try and do things the same way that they've always done them or they give up too early trying something new and they go, oh, this didn't work for me. But really, it's not that the thing or the method or the process of the system didn't work. It's that, that they didn't work it consistently enough or they didn't put enough energy into it or they felt some fear around it and that held them back from taking the level of action that they uh, ultimately you know, should have and could have. Yeah, I totally agree. I, th I think an awful lot of people get into stuff like this with one eye on the exit door when they get in, don't they? It's like they're looking for a safety net. They're already thinking it might not work. And if it doesn't, what will I do? What will I do? You know, because nobody really wants to risk taking the skin off their knees. And going back to what you were saying earlier, um, it is so much easier. I mean, it affords us a wonderful opportunity in today. I mean, here you are in Vancouver, and I'm in the southwest of England. And we're having a good old chat here, like we're sat across the same table. It's fantastic. But mm -hmm. the thing is, as easy as that is for you and I to do, it's always, it's easier not to. And that's the problem. For people who are, who are kind of like um, introverts, and they're scared of all this sort of stuff, going onto Twitter and playing around with 140 characters or going onto Facebook and dropping a few messages is infinitely easier in their mind sure. than actually connecting face to face and talking about stuff and building relationships, which I agree with you. I think, I think the very best way still online or off to build a consulting business or a coaching business is have as many quality conversations with quality people as you can every week. And if you do that, it'll take care of itself. But as easy as, this, as that is to do, it's easier not to. And I mean, when you come up with people who have got that kind of mindset and, 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 uh, and that difficulty with this stuff, do you have any, anything specifically that you would tell them to do to overcome it? Yeah, well, I'll offer uh, an example. So just this morning, uh, I saw that one of our clients had posted uh, into our, our private forum uh, for our coaching program um, the, the title of the, of the post was a mini win to share. And so I was like, Oh, this is, you know, great. We, we, we love seeing these, these kinds of things. And so I went in and, um, a new client just explained that for her, it was a mini win. It was, it was a shift in mindset. It, she did something that she previously wouldn't have done. So what happened was she sent out an email to her list and, um, one of the people responded to her email and said, Hey, thanks for this email. By the way, can you update my email address to a different email address? So she said the old version of her would have just like updated the email address and not really done anything about it. But the new version of her now who has embraced this idea of, uh, of having conversations and how important that is, uh, wrote back to this person and said, Hey, thanks so much uh, for your message. Sure. Happy to update your email address. Um, you know, have you changed jobs? Like, are you in a new role? They asked a she asked a question and this other person wrote back and said, yeah, actually I have. And now all of a sudden they have a call booked, right, for, for next week to explore what it, what's, how uh, this client of, of ours, this consultant might be able to help this person in their new role, right? So it's a small thing. Like they, they could have just sat back and done nothing. They could have hid behind the technology, but instead they used this opportunity, which now they see is all around them. Every little opportunity, they're now open to it to create conversations. And so it's not about like some kind of, 
um, persuasion technique or, or some strategy or it's like there's, there's nothing secret about it. It's really just about opening yourself up to having conversations, inviting conversations, asking questions, um, not being afraid to pick up the phone or send an additional email or do follow up. Like, you know, as you mentioned, you're, we're in the business here of having conversations, it's a relationship based business. And yeah. if you aren't willing to do that, if you're going to try and, um, you know, essentially try and have everything perfect before you go out, you're never going to get out. You're never going to get the results that you want. And the, the, the best way to truly realize your potential in this business is to have conversations with people because that's ultimately how you learn what resonates and aligns with them. Uh, that's how you learn, you know, what areas to make improvements uh, into your business. So the, the biggest you know, recommendation, just um, offering that I can have for people is to find ways to have more conversations. It can be as simple as looking at your, your pipeline or people that you spoke to or past clients or people who said no to your initial proposal, like whatever it is, and just pick up the phone. Give them a quick call. Say, hey, you know, hi, Robert. It's, it's, it's Michael from Consulting Success. Um, you know, how are you doing? It's been a little while. I, I just thought about you. You know, I was wondering how, you, like, that's it. Yeah. I don't have to say, hey, Robert, we have this new program. Do you want to buy it? Like, it's not about sales. It's about relationships. It's about, you know, making sure that people see you and they're thinking about you. And when you do that, what you'll find in many cases is, Robert, you might say, oh, hey, Michael, like, thanks for getting in touch. Yeah, things are, are going well. Uh, we're working on this new project. Oh, what does that look like? Well, here's what we're doing. Oh, great. Yeah, and you know, how would you handle this? And so that just creates a conversation. And, and sometimes, not every time, but sometimes that will lead to, hey, do you think you could actually help us with that? Or, you know what, we did something very similar with another client in, in this area. Uh, I'm happy to kind of take you through that if you'd like. So that's what this business is about. Yeah. And, and, and to be honest with you, when you started out with that as well, it is, it is what's brilliant about that. So few other people are actually doing that. That the minute you actually stop and do that and apply it on a consistent basis you're in a, a, a small minority of people that are really regarded as movers and shakers and, and are out there doing that because everybody else is practicing avoidance techniques and so it's it's i agree with you i think people overcomplicate everything i think really the secret to success is fairly simple it's doing the right things consistently and committing to doing whatever it takes until just keep doing it don't lose the faith would you not agree with that yeah, it's, um, I mean, as long as you're doing the, the right things, right? So uh, I would certainly agree with that. W one of my probably biggest, um, you know, gifts that I was given um, from, you know, from the universe or just from my circumstances, uh -huh. when I came back from living in the Middle East, um, I didn't, I didn't speak English. English is not really my first language, actually. Um, but when I came back, I really felt like an outsider. Uh, and so one of the ways that I had, I felt like I, I, you know, I felt actually like I always had to prove myself. Uh, and that kind of morphed into um, sports. And so I was very big into sports. I was pretty, you know, I was very good at, at sports. Um, and, but that the mindset that I had of, of competition and of commitment and of persistence, um, that's something that I, I learned from sports. And so whether it was playing rugby or it was track and field or whatever it was that I was doing, I've applied that to, to schooling, even though I wasn't a good, good student. I didn't really start studying until two years before I had to go to university. Um, but you know, that's the same in business. And so people who are persistent, people who don't give up, people who look at this as a long-term game. Like I think so many of us these days, right? Society has got us thinking that we need to achieve success like now, like today, right? Or this year. And so we're all creating so much pressure on ourselves to achieve like wild levels of success in a short period of time. And it doesn't mean that you can't do it. 
But what it does mean is that if you're not putting that pressure on yourself, if you, if you realize that, listen, yeah, I'm going to make great progress today. I'm going to do everything that I can today and tomorrow and this week and next month and so on and so on. But if I don't reach every single goal or if something doesn't work out the way that I want it to, it's okay because I still have another shot. I can still pick things up and move things forward. And maybe this month, as an example, wasn't your best month. That's okay. Don't, don't draw some conclusions and say, oh, what I'm doing is wrong and I have to abandon ship and try something completely different because this month, all of a sudden, things went down. What if it's just a blip? Like, what if, you know, maybe there's a, a real reason for it? Great. Analyze it. Think about it. But it might also be that it's just life. Like, it's just, you know, the, the swing of things. Well, double down, work harder, right? And what you're going to find is that next month will be better than the, than the current month. And the month after that might be better. And, and six months down the road, you won't even notice that one month that wasn't as good because everything's evened out. And so when you have a longer term mindset, you just allow yourself uh, to, to enjoy life more, to live more in the present, to not feel as much pressure. And ultimately, I believe to, to achieve more success. And when I say that, I don't mean just more money, but I also mean more freedom, more energy, more enjoyment in everything that you're doing. Mm. Oh, I love it, mate. I absolutely love it. I know there's an awful lot of value there for people that are going to be watching this. And uh, I'm actually reminded as you're talking uh, about Jim Rohn, when he, he, he kind of said in his a wonderful way he used to say things, but he used to say, when it rains, it rains on the rich too. It's just that they've got a different way of handling it. Yeah, or they might, they might have a, a stronger, more sturdy umbrella, right, to handle some, some torrential rain, yeah, whatever, it might, whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah, they can afford a better umbrella, can't they? <laughs> they? They might, but I can tell you this, from my time in Japan, um, yeah. I, I walked many days with, um, you know, with multimillionaires, um, through the streets of Osaka and through little little areas there, uh, going to restaurants or clubs or whatever it might be. And I saw plenty of very wealthy people who uh, had umbrellas from the convenience store, you know, $1 umbrellas, Kekuen umbrellas. Um, and so, yeah, so it's, it's just interesting. It's not about what you actually have, like a material. You don't have to have a Louis Vuitton uh, umbrella. You might just have a $1 one. Exactly. No, no, I agree. I agree with you. But li listen, mate, it's been absolutely terrific talking to you. I really, really appreciate it. And I hope we can do some more again in the future because I'd love to stay connected with you, see how um, consulting success moves forward and the things that you're branching into. Um, I'm aware of your time. I know it's early, early doors where you are and you've got a full day ahead. So I'm going to wrap up now. Um, what I would like to do is ask you two questions. Number one, if you could just let us quickly know what you've got planned for your business moving forward and then maybe give us some uh, places where people can connect and get more information from you if they want. Yeah, certainly. So we have two main um, uh, programs for consultants. If you're an early stage consultant, meaning that you're transitioning from the corporate world into consulting or you're looking to land your first few clients or reach your first uh, six figures in the consulting business, we have a program called Momentum. You can go to consultingsuccess.com uh, to find out more information about that. Uh, if you're a consultant who's been consulting for some time, uh, you want to you know, grow that next level, you want to improve your marketing, uh, your price points, your structures, uh, and really scale the business, then we have a coaching program called Clarity. And that you can also find out more information about at consultingsuccess.com. Uh, but we have plenty of free resources as well. There's, we have a podcast called the Consulting Success Podcast where I interview successful consultants. Uh, we literally have thousands of articles on the site, all free available to people if they just want to learn and if they're at the, uh, at the real early stage. Um, and then as well, we do have a 51-page uh, blueprint on how to become a successful consultant that's completely free uh, and people can access that just by going to consultingsuccess.com forward slash blueprint. 
Absolutely brilliant. That's fantastic. Thank you. And what have you got planned coming up? Have you got anything new, exciting that you can share? Uh, so, for, yeah, for us, I mean, our, I look at our business, it's not about excitement. It's about um, we set a plan. And this is actually, you know, one of, I think one of the most important principles that we implemented in our business many years ago. Um, some people, when you ask the question of, hey, what do you got planned? They'll tell you about all these different joint venture launches and these new technologies and, and just a lot of stuff. Um, I don't want a lot of stuff. I want simplicity. I want to, to have an easy to manage business, um, you know, between our, uh, what I'm doing and, and everyone else in our team here at Consulting Success. And so we really have two core focuses, right? One is the momentum program for early stage consultants. Uh, this is a brand new relaunch program based on our best-selling consulting course that we had for many years. Uh, so that's what we're excited about is just continuing to work with clients and that we've been getting great feedback, but we want to continue to make it better uh, and to continue to build on that. And then our coaching program as well. Um, it's, it's where we get to work really closely with people. Uh, we have one of our events. We do two events each year for our highest level clients. And we do that in different places around the world. Uh, we have one coming up in LA uh, next month. And the previous to that, we did Toronto. Then previous to that, uh, we did in Lisbon, Portugal and Mexico City. And so these are always enjoyable events that I look forward to because we get to really hang out with clients um, and spend some quality time together. Super cool, super cool. Well, look, thanks so much for your time. I've really appreciated it, really enjoyed every minute of it. And hopefully, um, as I said, we can connect in the future and do this again. I'd love to do that. Sounds fantastic, Robert. Great. All right, Michael, thank you. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And hopefully, I'll catch up with you very, very soon.